perfect we are live okay so welcome guys to the first episode of uh, the multiply show this has been a project that i've been wanting to do for quite some time it's been a long time coming so i'm so excited to be here um, although i think work schedules in 2020 happened hectic i mean i think that's an understatement but uh i'm so glad our guest today have, you know has found the time to come and be on the show uh it's wiki with us victoria uh she is the project manager at the emirates nature world wildlife fund branch in the uae uh, i've had the privilege of uh, working with her on a couple of projects uh over this year uh we met a couple of times and i feel like her background and the work that she's done is quite amazing it's it's uh and i just felt that it would be great for you guys to know what what she's about and uh, i learned from her as well so we've got some cool topics to cover and i'm you know excited to be a high wiki thanks for being on the show thank you so much for having me vishal thank you no problem so just to give you all a quick glimpse of what uh, wiki's been up to so i she's she's had an immense uh, you know wide range of experience working with a lot of foundations uh, i think her background's uh, in education and then she's gone to uh, work with uh, the unhcr she's worked with the ikea foundation and now she's working as a project consultant for the world wildlife fund uh, sort of their branch in the uae which is called the emirates nature uh, she manages the youth ambassadors there so it's been i think a very successful and cool career uh and i think um i think the f- sort of you know if have i missed anything wiki or is there something you'd like to add with your you know uh with your experience or just give them a glimpse of you know who you are and what you do i mean no that's probably captured most of it in a nutshell um i mean i think you know moving from the education background to then the NGO sector to then the private sector and then back into the NGO sector so it's given me a really good scope of how these different sectors interact which has been so useful and interesting um but no that that's me in a nutshell i think you summed it up nicely <laughs> Uh, that's awesome. Okay, cool. So, um I think the first sort of thing that I want to dive into or uh, ask you about is sort of um intent uh which is, you know, you've chosen a huge like a path of working with NGOs and even I think with the private sector you meant that it was with the IKEA Foundation if I'm not wrong. Um and it's still been revolving around, you know, impact and helping others and uh you know, giving back. So, I think I think uh, if I had to sum up your career, it's it's been around that sort of uh, uh space. So, you know, I just wanted to know what sort of inspired you to go into that path and you know, was it something, you know, that shaped you when you were young or was it always something that you wanted to do like is there a particular reason you chose this path and yeah, that's that's something I've been keen to know about. Yeah, and um it's a good question. It's a funny one really because nobody in my family does it anything in this line of work. So, it's it's not a case of sort of following my parents or um or, or following in the footsteps of anyone um i i guess it started from a young age i i've always been someone who has um been interested in environmental issues conservation um you know even from a very small age where you sort of start to learn about um deforestation at school and climate change and um i think i was a child with a lot of emotion around these topics and i felt very strongly about them yeah um and so i always knew i think really early on that i was going to do something 
that was going to have an impact on, on some of those issues, you know, whatever it would be, I, I wanted to make a difference and, and make a change, you know, as we all, yeah. as we all feel in our early twenties and, sure. and it never faded that feeling. Um, so then I ended up actually going to university to study environmental science. And during that three year degree, and this was a while ago now, I just remember learning about all of these different challenges we were facing. Um, on a global level from, you know, the ozone hole, which um, obviously, you know, is still something that, um, you know, we are learning from, to climate change, to uh, global politics, uh, to water scarcity, you know, like it was yeah. all of these topics and just being so overwhelmed um, and thinking, I have to, I have to, to do something in this field. I just can't yeah. now. I know all of this. I can't possibly Amazing. turn away. Yeah. Um, and it sort of led me into my career in a way, and that's how I ended up going down this this path. And I think once you're on this path, it's very, very difficult to turn your back on it. It's very difficult okay. to say, oh, I've done enough now. Um, yeah. that's done because there's always more to do. Yeah. The challenge is huge. Yeah. So yeah, so I just kept going. And, um, you know, whether or not I can ever stop is, uh, <laughs> is a very good question. <laughs> That's that's amazing. I think uh, it's it's. I still think it's very rare to find uh, people who've been uh, sort of influenced at that young age to sort of go into this route uh, route of you know giving back and being affected by global issues, especially at that scale. And then you know uh, deciding that that's what you want your career to be about. Like a lot of people love giving back, you know, as something that they do on the side or it's it's you know they have their nine to five or the main uh, you know career but in addition they want to see you know maybe what they can do but for you this is your nine to five this is something you've dedicated your life to which I think is pretty amazing and I, I think I really like the fact that you said that it's hard to turn your back on it once you've gotten into it because there's uh, you feel like there's no, uh, that there's no end to this because you have to keep doing more and more. So I think that's really cool. Um, and I think that sort of uh, sets it really well to the next sort of question that I wanted to ask, which is uh, choosing career paths. I think it's it's a difficult topic for a lot of uh, uh, the youth today. Like I think Gen Z um, have been overwhelmed with options, whether that's a curse or whether that's an amazing thing. Uh, I think they're overwhelmed with the options that they have, uh, especially from the, you know, the background of the culture that we come from uh, and not to stereotype but a lot of people are parents so the society also influences sort of the decision um, that you have to make when it comes to choosing your careers so uh, what would be your advice to you know the youth or the next gen uh, who are trying to decide what they want to do or let's say I don't know a millennial who's you know uh, been doing a job for a lot of uh, for a good number of years but now I've decided no, I want to change uh, so what's your advice to people who started starting to think about their careers or you know who wants to maybe take a change on their careers yeah and that's um, yeah it's a really tough one and I think you know it's 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 not always something that you 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 get right straight away. It is an evolving process. Your, your career is always an evolving process. There are a few fortunate people who fall into the perfect job, the perfect career straight away, and, and that's it for them. Yeah. For the majority of us, we have to evolve and shape our careers through various yeah. different pathways. And I think you can think of it in two different ways. You can think of it on the subject material. So either there is a particular subject you are so passionate about, yeah. and you are willing to be a relative generalist in that subject. So you might do various different jobs, but 
around that subject area. So for example, maybe you are someone who is particularly interested in climate change and that's the, the only industry you ever want to work in. Um, you know, and then you might have to then find different routes to get into that industry. You might have to find out which path within climate change you want to specialize in. You know, is it that you want to do research? Is it that you want to do communications? Is it that you actually want to do the education side of it? Um, or you fall into the sort of more technical side of things where maybe you have a particular skill you're good at, um, but you don't mind what subject area you develop that skill yeah. in. So yeah. It could be that you're very good at communications, for example, um, but you don't mind whether that's for a non-profit or for a corporate. Um, yeah. And that's your area to focus in. And actually both pathways can lead to the perfect career. Yeah. You know, and you can move across that ladder. You know, once yeah. you develop a certain skill, if you suddenly think, gosh, actually, I don't want to work in the private sector anymore. I want to work for an NGO. You can take that skill and move that across. Or if you've got a particular theme that you've worked in and you've got that broad range of knowledge, quite often, you know, organizations will be looking for someone who can then, they can bring in who yeah. has that specialty. So it's really about thinking, you know, what is it that I'm passionate about? but also what am I good at yeah. um, and what do I enjoy doing? Because, yeah. you know, there are things that fall into the hobby category and then there yeah. are things that you enjoy doing every single day yeah. um, that become your job. And if you can start to pick out those things, those elements of the things that make you happy and the things that you are good at, you yeah. can start to see where you might then fall into. But I think that my strongest advice to anyone really is that to not panic too much if you do end up yeah. initially on the wrong path. You know, there yeah. are chances to, to evolve and adapt. Um, I think, personally, one of the easiest ways to, to be able to pivot is to, to have that technical skill. Yeah. If you've got a technical skill, it is so easy to transfer. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, the, the, dif the difficulty is with the technical skill option is you might not have been exposed to any other options. So once yeah. you're in something like communications, it's very difficult to suddenly jump to fundraising, for example, or yeah. program management yeah. in the field. Um, but the flip side is that if you don't want to then do that, you know, job for that organization, moving around is incredibly easy once yeah. you've got that skill in it. So yeah. there's process on both sides. Yeah. Um, you know, I think the earlier you can identify the area that makes you happy and the skill set that makes you happy, yeah. the better. So, yeah. you know, the, you know, doing things like work experience, internships, although, you know, I have, you know, strong opinions about yeah. internships yeah. not being paid, but, you know, <laughs> yeah. if you can find experience that, you know, yeah. whether you're being treated well to, to, so that you can learn, you know, what is your passion, then the sooner the better. Amazing. Yeah, I think uh, I think that's a good way to look at it. Uh, uh, the I like the fact that you mentioned the transferable skills bit because then it allows you to sort of use that skill to go around to, and explore different industries. Um, and it's funny that you said, you know, like it's good that you. Uh, some people might not find it early, and that's okay. Um, I think a lot of people uh, can be blessed with the fact that they find what they love doing in the first go, but not everybody has to, you know, fall into that category. Um, what would you say to sort of maybe 
high school students or university students to sort of get to that stage of understanding okay this is what i am good at or what i enjoy what do they have to do like to get to that stage like you mentioned internships but do you have any other inputs on what else can they do beyond that to sort of understand what path they might want to take because let's face it a lot of um, on like being completely honest a lot of schools and universities might not be the best at career advices uh you know choosing paths uh but what would you say to people about you know about that like how can they find what they want to do and, and it's it's such a good point i mean i i still remember to this day the career advisors at my school are being so awful um <laughs> you know, i yeah. you know on the kudus computer i i think i got selected to do picket fencing because i said on the questionnaire that I liked the outdoors. <laughs> so, you know, it's just completely bizarre. Yeah. But um, my advice for high schoolers or for anyone who are, you know, sort of starting that journey mm-hmm. is to be curious, is to be really curious and yeah. to just investigate. There are so many tools on the internet where yeah. you can learn all about what different jobs do, um, you know, what's out there. Um, you probably have a network that you're not even aware of through aunts yeah. and uncles and friends and friends of the family. If if you don't ask, people won't offer. Yeah. But it's you know you need to just find out what is out there. And um, you know I wouldn't rely on the school. Uh, yeah. I think they have the capacity to do that. Yeah. But if you have some ideas or some thoughts, you can explore those ideas. You know, do some research. um and then reach out to networks and um and even linkedin you know mm-hmm. is an amazing tool yeah. to reach out to people to say hey i'm interested in this line of work could you tell me a little bit about it and yeah. most people will um yeah. so you know use those tools online but also networks as well you know you you're surprised with um you know how how many people around you would have experienced so many different industries So yeah. I think that's that's a really important thing. Okay, that's that's really really. Uh, I think that's uh, uh, along the lines of what people should be doing, especially uh, the networking bit, because a lot of people don't. Uh, I mean, they underestimate the power of LinkedIn or you know the networks that they have. Um, and I think there's a, another thing a lot of students or probably people of that age group have is apprehension. You know, uh, what I've seen is a lot of people are scared, like. Uh, you know why would maybe someone of uh, you know in a great position reply to me on linkedin if i ask them for questions but i usually tell them that you know you never know like so what what would be your sort of you know uh, response to that because a lot of people say i'm scared to message people who might not take me seriously or you know who might not you know respond to me well or why would they reply to me if if someone were to message you on linkedin what would your response be ricky uh, to something like this Yeah and um, and I've done it many times myself um okay. I think you know look the reality is is that there will always be the occasional person who doesn't respond you know they yeah. might just be busy maybe they don't actually use linkedin that much yeah. um or maybe they look at the message and forget about it whatever you know yeah. not take that personally um yeah. but actually the, the chances are that most people will reply because yeah. every is in that position at some point we all yeah. know what it's like to start out yeah so you know when someone reaches out to you i mean for me definitely my first thought is oh how brilliant and how great that they are using their you know um, intuition to sort of go for things and um yeah. being proactive 
And why wouldn't I help them? Why wouldn't I want to give them, you know, whatever advice I can? And um, most people will do that. I think what you have to be careful is that you don't, um, you know, that you you do put a little bit of effort into your message. Yeah. Um, yeah. By and courteous, that you put a bit of effort into the message, and that you follow up if they reply, um, and um, and that maybe you ask reasonably specific questions. You know, like yeah. don't just sort of say, you know. Um, tell me how to get a job you know, people, <laughs> yeah. that sort of thing you know yeah. Yeah. to me oh look you know i'm really interested in sustainability and circular economy have you heard of any great courses or you know um how you know how's you know what's good research out there is there then you know yeah. people will respond yeah um and, and as you get older and, and potentially you know you're independent you know even saying to someone is there any chance we could meet for a coffee i would love to talk to you about your job yeah. and, and what you do and you know yeah. I've done that with people and I've met with people yeah. so you know definitely go for it you should absolutely yeah. go for it because that you know people all remember what it's like we all want to help people yeah. um, so you've got nothing to lose and, and absolutely don't take it personally if they don't respond you know that yeah. is just that is just yeah. social media you. <laughs> yeah for sure I think that's what I tell a lot of people as well where it's it's a numbers game for me as well like you message maybe 10 to 15 people it is likely that seven or eight will reply maybe the other seven don't and whatever reason it may be those are probably valid reasons they might be busy people they might not have the time to reply to or they might get hundreds of LinkedIn requests which they're not able to scour through um, but I also think on the flip side of what you talked about putting effort into the message is really important because I've seen a lot of people just, you know, for the heck of it, go and message something which absolutely has no relation to the person or they haven't done research on what the person does, which can come off as embarrassing as well when you, you know, don't know. And I, I mean, I've been a uh, victim of that as well, where I think I uh, messaged someone and I used the competitor company's name on the message. Uh, and that was so funny. And I, I realized after sending the message and I didn't get a response to that which is fair enough but you know you make mistakes like that and you learn but um, I think there's like you said I don't think there's anything to lose with uh, you know messaging people so yeah I, I love that um, and um, so you know guys um, Vicky trains the ambassadors for connect with nature which is um, very important program I think that's running in the UAE um, and these are youth ambassadors selected uh, to sort of uh, promote the program uh, figure out ways to develop the program so Vicky with your experience sort of training ambassadors what what sort of advice would you give to the youth about you know how careers are changing like you know it was very different from what it was maybe due when you started off but now I feel like there's a lot more looking at the silver lining there's a lot more opportunities but considering now, you know, I, I didn't want to mention it, but COVID's happened and, you know, things are a little more competitive, things are a little more difficult. What would be maybe a standalone advice or something that you would want people to know uh, when it comes to the changing landscape of careers? Yeah, and it's a tricky time. It's a tricky time for everyone. I mean, you know, we're all still sort of learning how this is all going to you know, land. Yeah. and. Um, you know what what it's going to look like i mean one of the things i would say is though um particularly around sustainability you know people are now paying attention yeah. to the fact that this has come about because of our relationship with nature and um our lack of respect for nature yeah. and uh, companies are going to invest more 
in their sustainability uh, plans. They're going to want to engage more on these topics. Yeah. Um, nobody wants this to happen again. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it, it's in a really important area that I think is going to expand in the future. You know, yeah. and already, you know, places like Dubai, you know, they're talking about green recovery programs, um, you know, the green economy. Um, you know, so there's a really big drive now to, yeah. to use the opportunity to drive the sustainability agenda. Yeah. So that is, a, I think, an area that is going to to really grow. Yeah. And in terms of sort of just beyond COVID, you know, I think it's a very tricky world. You know, you're competing at a global level. You know, yeah. it's not just whether or not you're good in your local city. You know, yeah. it's about, you know, do you have the skills, you know, on a global perspective? And yeah. I think having that outlook, that global outlook as an individual is really important. Um, and developing those capacity skills, you know, so making sure you have, you know, not just your academic stuff, but also some of those real tangible skills that yeah. you know, that you can um, really sort of hit the ground running when you start a job, you know, communication yeah. skills, teamwork skills, negotiation skills, you know, all of these are really important and um, employees look for that and they yeah. always have and, and it's just growing, you know, yeah. that sort of see that they need people who can you know really just get on with it um the minute they start and that they don't need so much coaching and training so you know picking yeah. up all these experiences and developing those skills you know whether it's through something like the ambassadors program um you know with emirates nature or you know whatever it is um you know, it's really really important so i think there's lots of opportunities the sustainability industry i definitely see being a, a huge area yeah. of um, but you know, like anything, we you know the economy will recover from this. It will yeah. pick up. It will expand. Yeah. So whether it's you know sustainability or that's not your area of interest, there will be opportunities. You just want to be ready. So yeah. you know, use this time. Don't waste this time. You know, build those skills. Volunteer. Do whatever you need to do to get those on your CV and get that you know really sort of uh, fleshed out so that you can give examples of, of doing these things. And yep. then I think you're in a good position when this market does take off. Yeah, agreed. I, I think that's uh, I think that's a great way to look at it. Um, you know, going back to your sort of career, what's um, a memorable sort of experience that you've had? Because you you know you've worked in so many different foundations. You've worked with UNHCR, the IKEA Foundation, now with Connect with Nature, you know, the World Wildlife Fund. What must, like what's an experience that stood out for you over in your career, and how did it shape you as an individual? Oh gosh, that's a really tough question. Um, <laughs> Sorry to put you on the spot. Oh gosh, it's hard because um, there, there's been a, you know a lot of exciting things. I, I've yeah. been extremely fortunate in my career, um, and I know that I am very very privileged in that sense um, to have experienced these things, but. Um, I mean, I have done an enormous amount of traveling and, and that yeah. to me has been, I mean, yeah, like I said, a huge privilege and yeah. not one that I take lightly. I know how um, lucky I am to have done that. So um, with the IKEA Foundation, part of my role was to go and visit the programs where they funded um, oh, wow. work on. Okay. Um, yeah. So I went to some incredibly unique places that, um, that you wouldn't normally go to. So yeah. um, visited 
some of the refugee camps um, and um, went out to some extremely remote locations across um, Ethiopia and um, China and Thailand. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, incredibly lucky to have these experiences. So for me, um, I look back at my career and I just think, I know what an amazing opportunity to have been able to build that into my actual job, you know, yeah. um, it, unbelievably lucky. So, so yeah. that's one aspect, definitely the traveling. Um, yeah. and, and also just, I mean, I've met some incredible people having moved countries now. Yeah, I mean, this is the fourth country I've lived in. I've yeah. met an incredible range of people and, um, you know, different perspectives, different yeah. thoughts different challenges to yeah. you know your perspective and it's it's been amazing I've, i feel very honored to have experienced all of that has just yeah. given me a very broad perspective on life um, yeah and, uh, yeah I'll, i will always be grateful i think for that. amazing your, your your life sounds like an adventure honestly like and <laughs> you, you mentioned that you know you you've had that opportunity to travel to these remote locations uh, refugee camps as well which um, you know what how was i think um, being in that sort of situation where you see people who as who are not as privileged as you know a majority of of, of the people uh, people maybe even watching this because they have access to internet they're looking at us they probably well hearing this in an air conditioned room but you have gone and seen live firsthand people who you know have a tough um, how, how is that sort of molded you as a person or you know how's that experience changed you because i know like you know uh, with my work i've had also the chance to sort of see those people work with those kind of people when i was in back in india or certain projects i've done here and it's impacted me in ways that i can't uh, you know put into words with the fact that I've, I've become more grateful, um, I've learned to you know take my opportunities very seriously. So how's that been for you? Because it's been a, on a much bigger scale for you because you've seen it a lot more. No, it's um, I mean it's been a huge journey because um, you know I would say that I started the journey off in a way amazingly naive about some things um, and you know. Uh, having to really also um, challenge my own assumptions along the way you know there's, there's an element of you know you grow up you you aren't aware of privileges that have been given to you you know um, and so you sort of just drift into life thinking everybody's on the same platform you know yeah. and that just would have been unfortunate and, and it's, yeah. it's completely messed up yeah. to be thinking that um, you know and then you know, you know, I had to go from this sort of very naive, sort of young, twenty-year-old something, or maybe you know, late teens, yeah. who you know, did probably have a little bit of a white savior complex, who just didn't really understand what my role was, um, to then evolve through all of this learning journey to understand that, you know, my role absolutely isn't to come swanning in and saving people. That is, that is not what people want. That is not what. I am doing, you know, that's not what I want to do. Um, but it's it's really just to sort of, I guess, understand that people for whatever ridiculous circumstances have ended up in situations where they need support or they need help. Um, and actually they have it, they have the ability to do it themselves, but it may just be a very small injection uh, to allow that capacity. 
Um, and and that's where I think for me it's sort of been learning my role, my place in all of this, and that has been a a massive learning curve and and understanding you know the responsibility. I have to acknowledge my role in some of this, you know, um, and you know, I'm not, I'm definitely not saying that I'm at the end of that learning journey. I am still evolving and still learning and still trying to understand all of that. Um, you know, and I think you can always learn, but uh, you know, to sort of start off in one place and then to get to, you know, to, to another and to realize that actually, you know, people don't want they don't want help they just they want to get on themselves they have you know the power and the ability to do it themselves yeah. but there are barriers that are preventing them from doing that and yeah. um you know it's about how can you or how can anyone how can anybody you know make sure that those barriers don't stop people yeah. being able to fulfill the potential they have yeah. um you know and uh it's it's a yeah it's it's a very uh I think a uh, difficult thing you know that the NGO sector has has also traveled through that learning curve itself you know right. there, yeah. there's a to, you know from you know just giving out money and thinking that was the answer to you know sending out people to do the work for people to now understanding okay actually that's not the way to do it what we need to do is is actually enable people to yeah. do it you know? yeah. um you know and that's what we should be doing more of. Um, so yeah, so I, I suppose from my point of view, that's probably the, the biggest thing. I think that's very interesting. Like I've never thought of it that way. And I think a lot of people don't think of it that way either. And it's nice to hear that from someone who's worked in that field to tell you that these people aren't just about, hey, give us money or, you know, come and help us, but they want to sort of be independent and correct me if I'm wrong, but, and uh, they want to, so uh, your role, you see it as not just, or not as someone who's coming in and saving those people or helping them, but more so being a support for those people to stand up on their own and remove the barriers, like you mentioned, and sort of work towards, you know, doing what they want to do and maybe trying to attain the opportunities that, you know, everyone else has and I think it's um, I think what you're trying to say is that it's more of uh, the NGO sector has understood that it's not just about the money or you know sending people into volunteer but looking at it from a macro perspective and seeing that hey it's about enabling them to uh, sort of do it by themselves and that's what they want and I think it's so incredible to know that people ha- are not sort of uh, uh, are not defining themselves by by their circumstances and they're like oh we just need the help we just need the uh sorry the money but they're more so that hey we want to stand on our two feet and we just need the support from you to remove those barriers that are preventing us from doing that i think that's incredible i've never thought of it that way um and i think that feeds into some of the last things that i want to talk to you about which is impact i think it's so important and uh, it's very first it's personal to me because i i've always felt that beyond just you know the big goals that i have i i think i want to impact people i want to see you know how can we make a difference and i try to talk tell that to a lot of people around me as well that don't just think of your um, life as you know career and you come back and you're done but think of how you can actually do something to impact people to to uh, make a difference in the world because like you said there's so many problems out there uh, the world needs that needs fixing and I think the next gen needs to step up and do that and we are seeing you know glimpses of that which I'm pretty sure you can maybe tell us what the kind of people that apply to the 
ambassador role and connect with nature which shows that intent to do something about it but what would you say to people on how a on how it's how important it is to sort of start thinking along those lines of hey we need to start doing something to um, make a difference and b how can a person start that journey like if if they're not into sort of maybe taking it as a career what can they do uh, on the side or something just to contribute back and do something for an issue that they deeply care about whether that's sustainability or anything else yeah and that's a really good question as well so i mean you know we are all aware that um you know we are at a sort of critical crossroads you know yeah. i mean it, all the all the the reports out there are telling us the same thing and you know wwf have just published their um uh their recent report which is just you know it reflects the sort of devastating impact we're having on biodiversity and i think then we need to sort of think okay it's all well and good waiting for government policies and for corporate yeah. bit fine you know and that you know will come but yeah. you know on an individual level what can we do and you know movements don't happen yeah. without people they just don't you know yeah. uh, policy changes don't happen you know corporates don't change their way of working if people don't care yeah so what i would say is that you know you don't have to go into a full blown you know ngo career you know on the ground yeah. saving the rainforest you know that is one path you know yeah. um and even then you might be in an ngo but you might be doing communications you know yeah in your bit so there's one yeah. path which is to sort of go in that field there's another path which is to to take it on as an extracurricular thing yeah. um and programs like connect with nature um you know through emirates nature wwf is an amazing opportunity for young people to find extracurricular activities in their you know in their local communities they can take part in um and yeah. meet like-minded people and learn about sustainability you know what can they do you know so there are always things like that that you can research and look out for yeah um or you know you can be the person who instigates you know something so you know if you don't find something at work or you don't find something in your local community you know look at how can you establish something like that you know is there a way of actually creating that um you know and it could be a conversation with your manager to say hey look you know we we don't recycle our paper you know or we don't have a sustainability department have we thought about setting up an informal one you know there's yeah. all sorts of things you can do so i think there are different ways of embedding it whether it's you know sort of personal outside of your job in your own time or whether yeah. it's in your job or it doesn't matter but i think that the key is to know that there are the tools out there there are so many resources um you know and wwf have an amazing range of toolkits you know if yeah. you want to get started um and you know join one of these programs join connect with nature there are you know we can provide you with all the toolkits and the things you need to yeah. support you any endeavor so uh you know if you if you know it's something you want to do then um you know go for it and i think the first step is to sort of say i want to do it and yeah. and then the next step is to to do the research into what is available for you you yeah. don't have to create it necessarily from scratch yeah so yeah i think it's now's the time definitely 
and uh, i think i think that's that's amazing like uh, i will definitely probably put up in the description or I'm not really sure how this works i still have to figure it out myself but if it's the podcast or whether this goes on youtube i'll share the information of connect with nature so you guys can see what that's about so maybe that could be your step if if sustainability is your field but beyond that um like wiki said i think there's so much you can do opportunities are all around you but it's just about taking initiative and i i really like the fact that you said that it uh, you know movements don't happen without people um a lot of people are naive by thinking that you know what what change can i as one person bring about and uh, which which is very funny because it's there's a lot of one person can do and then it's just about that ripple effect that you know you inspire someone else um, who who sees you doing that and then they want to do the same so i think that's that's really really cool and guys like i said i will definitely share the details um of uh, connect with nature and you can also maybe reach out to wiki if you have any questions uh, about connect with nature or sustainability but make sure to you know craft the questions quite well don't uh, bombard her with away uh, <laughs> questions <laughs> um and i think you know the way that i want to end this is again a very deep question that's kind of random but um what makes you happy wiki I think the audio went off Vicky sorry I'm not really sure what's happening just give me a second let me see yeah I think you're back wow it it's okay, yeah. cl- the most important stage the audio decides to go off <laughs> it was like a cliffhanger um, <laughs> yeah. I mean look you know that I don't think there's anything totally unusual but I mean you know I have my family I have my children yeah. obviously bring a huge amount of fa- um, happiness to me um for me things that I am extremely passionate about is you know I have to believe in my work that's that's yeah. me um, yeah. you know so I love my job um I yeah. love what I do um and um you know i love to experience new things i love to travel so so yeah. for me there those are the, that's the sort of mix that really keeps me happy is if i can do a bit of traveling um you know yeah. or experience new things it doesn't even have to be abroad it can just be in yeah. my own you know uh, in the same country um, yeah you know and then i've got my family around me then and i'm in a good place so that's awesome great i think that's a great way to wrap up this episode uh vicky thank you so much for your time i think this has been really amazing for me as a first episode and um, it's actually was my first venture into this so uh i'm i'm just so happy to you know be connected with people like you and learn from you so even this you know session has been quite eye opening for me and i'm sure it's going to be for the audience um any last words for the audience anything that you'd like to say before we wrap it up I mean just thank you so much for having me. It's no a it's a real honor. You know, I I remember very very much, you know, starting out on this journey. It doesn't feel that long ago to me at all. So to even yeah. even be considered as someone who knows what they're doing is is quite an honor. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, so uh yeah. you know, I think the, the world is your oyster really. It's it's you know, yeah. even you, you you fight for it. You you, yeah. you can get where you want to get. Definitely. Thanks again Vicky. Thank you so much guys for tuning in. Uh and I'll see you in the next episode. Thanks Vicky. Okay, thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.